Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. version of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Cairns and I've not had time to do any intros today so I'm just going to say who's with me. I've got Robert Borthwick and I've got Craig Anderson. Hello. And as usual on a Monday we're just going to run through the weekend's matches and we're going to start. We had two 6 nils to to decide between. Just just the two. Just the two 6 nils. (laughs) And uh, I decided that we'd start with the Celtic game just because it was on the telly. Now I haven't watched it myself but I've Figured that it would have more to talk about from that game. Uh, so yes, Celtic beat St Johnston 6-0. Rodgers has finally got a decent win before he leaves Celtic, which is quite nice for him. But the story of the day was probably James Forrest, who hadn't scored since July, all the way back uh, in July against Alaska. And he just he just ripped the arse at St Johnston and put four past them. Yeah, that's all that needs to be said from that. Moving on. Um, yeah, he was he was superb. He was back to you know we saw a lot from James Forrest last season um, of, of his best traits. You know he was showing up in the bigger games. He was scoring a lot of goals. I think he got seventeen in all competitions last year. Um, we haven't seen that so much from him this season. But Celtic in general, I wouldn't want to say malaise, but they've certainly plateaued um, where they wouldn't want to be. Uh, yeah, and the games, even the games they've won, have all been one 0 and they, they hadn't scored more than one goal in a game for the last. I can't remember like so many domestic matches. That's that's, that's it. I mean, it's they they had definitely gone through uh, since August. There you are. They haven't yeah. scored uh, more than a goal in the league since August. Talking until we're blue in the face about Celtic have underperformed so far this season, and this is the kind of stuff that you just knew was round the corner. Um, you knew that they had this performance in them still, definitely. And you were just waiting, and you're basically just waiting to see which one of the pack Celtic decided was the weakest that they would then strike upon, and it was St Johnston in this game. But yeah, James Forrest was superb all the way through, but only got a 9 out of 10 in the, the man by man rating. <laughs> what do you have to do to get a 10, do you think? Score 10. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, yeah, it's like you look at Forrest there, but I think I was watching the man he was up against. Uh, I, I want Tanzer. to call him, I was going to call him Greg Tanzer, but it's Greg Tanzer, Scott, Scott. Tanzer. Um, if you he's are, been fairly he's decent been, yeah, for St Johnston but if you're the left back and the right winger scores four goals you're, you're not really having the yeah. best game yeah I mean that, that um, slip just kind yeah. of set the tone for the rest of his afternoon three of the goals I thought he was he was huge at that fall the, other, the second one Forrest scored Forrest had drifted in field and it, it wasn't really his problem but yeah. first one he slips the fourth one he gets he kind of falls asleep and lets him in behind and the fifth one he gets sucked so far up the park and then worse for me is Forrest is going away from him and he doesn't just uh, clip his heels and just take a and, and, and not, not, Danny, not in Danny Swanson's day over it. Sorry, sorry. Are you, are you describing Danny Swanson's tackle as a clip of the I think that's, <laughs> right, 
Danny yeah, I suppose. And shooting, he goes into some sort of bad tackle montage that you see on Soccer Evans. Yeah, it was kind of like one of those ones where uh, Swanson's thinking somebody should have done this at some point in the first half, but he's kind of over-egged it. And, uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> and, and could have possibly broken the guy's leg. I, I think you're making a lot of light of this tackle. I'm was, not, I just said he could have probably broken his leg. One of the best things I've ever seen in my life. It was unbelievable. <laughs> he just went... Tearing into it. But for me, the um, goals, the, the second, third, and fourth goal, they were all, um, they were all just one twos. I mean, it was, Celtic played brilliant. I'm not trying to take anything away. I'm more just pointing out that how easily St. Johnston were cut open time and time again. It was just a one two, and then it was like Forrest was through on the goalkeeper each time. Yeah, I, I saw this since St. Johnston played at Tynecastle, um, last week, a couple of weeks ago, and you saw their susceptibility of, of almost coming too high up the park as a back line and then with that you've got a 1-2 in the corner and you're in and Hart's got that, that joy a few times in that match and then when you've and got somebody like Rogic in the team then you're, you're going to yeah, have a field day yeah. if you've got someone with the passing accuracy and the, the wherewithal to get through that sort of back line then yeah and that's exactly what happened but we did see that at Tynecastle there was that sort of vulnerability um, but obviously Celtic have, have used that to the absolute max and got past them but it, it, was, it was like a training match for Celtic at some points I mean just sort of doing attacking drills against defenders that are there to mark space instead of mark a pit it was, it was just so easy for them I think in, the, in terms of the tackling that, um, that was kind of what Tommy Wright picked up on he said they didn't make a tackle until Steve <coughs> Anderson came on much later in the game and I kind of thought when I was watching I was like if you put like 11 boys from the Terrace podcast up against Celtic that's exactly what it would be like <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of endeavour there like they were trying to close down people yeah. but then they were either getting absolutely nowhere near or just getting like bodied off it like just literally bouncing off the Celtic players and it was definitely, I would say, one of the more inept performances I've ever seen from a team. And what you mentioned, Rob, um, at Tencast, was the exact same at Rugby Park in the opening day. They just looked yeah. a mile off it. They but that day, they actually... It's like they gave Kilmarnock far too much respect that day. It was ridiculous how much they sat well, on Kilmarnock. the three best teams in the league. Yeah. So Celtic, Celtic, Hearts <laughs> and Rangers. Yeah, just sometimes that's what happens. But uh, it, was, it was Jones rather than Rogic that day. But Jones just relentlessly ran at them. Um, Rogic did it... Um, on and Sunday, sorry, and it's just Wotherspoon's yeah. played in uh, all of these matches as well. I think hasn't he? Did he? Did he play? Wait, did he start at Tynecastle? He played in the opening game again. I was, I was at hospitality for that game, so right, okay. I'm talking he, about the he, finer details. I'm trying to think. He came in for a game for McMillan a couple of weeks ago, and I'm trying to remember whether it was the Hearts game or not. But he played at the weekend there, obviously. He started in the game against Kilmarnock at the start of the yeah, season, then was out of the team for a few weeks. T- t- talking of getting I'm not trying to blame David Witherspoon. Oh, they, but they, definitely, they definitely came back in for the, the game against Rangers at Ibrox when they also got scudded. There you go, yeah. I mean, he's, he's not had a good time of it in the league this season, David Witherspoon. It's those, it's those Canada call-ups going to his head. <laughs> um, yeah, in terms of Celtic, a player that we pick out a lot for criticism, quite deservedly so. Um, Kel Lustig had probably one of his best games in a long time. He was involved in a lot. Um, I think the, the second goal kind of showed that. He, he got himself right into yeah. the box and had to cut back. So a little bit of credit for him so that we, can, we can't we can say that we've been unfair on him and we go back to digging him out next week. Um, yeah, when he inevitably like, yeah, goes back to when he how he has been playing. Yeah. Sells the jersey. Well, yeah. I think so, there's quite a lot of Celtic fans that are on his back as well. He's not, it's not I just, uh, it's not just uh, non-Celtic fans that uh, don't seem to be his biggest fan. And it's weird because the World Cup he had, obviously um, he had a decent World Cup, but I think it's very different when you play in a team that sits in two banks of four uh, rather than a team that's expected to take the game to every opponent they come up against, uh, he, he kind of gets exposed a lot more uh, for Celtic than he than he does for, than he did for um, Sweden during yeah. that World Cup. Good. <laughs> so, is it R.I.P. Sexy St Johnston? <laughs> well, the problem is, I think with these kind of results, is right, uh, right. It's just there's a a real it'll be a real temptation for Wright to just suddenly go, right, I'm just going to close things up, shut up, shop, and be a bit boring again because... Well, he's, he kind of alluded to that after the game. I don't know whether you're referencing what he said there, but what he said after the game was something along the lines of uh, if they want us to not just play lumping it up, lumping it forward, then they have to be better on the ball. Yeah. And uh, So it, it, it made it sound like... It was a very honest assessment of the game after... Uh, I mean, we know that... Uh, 
Wright can sometimes be a little bit angry after matches and not be thinking clearly or not be speaking clearly, but I, I, I felt his assessment of the, this game was very honest. I, I was and very, was, sorry, very amused by Wright that in one of the, he had an argument with one of the St. Johnston fans and then he came out today and said, like someone had asked him, why you be apologising to the fan? And he's like, no, I would be. Um, they, they, they shouldn't be behaving like that and just kind of left it at that. And I enjoyed the fact that someone was willing to be unapologetic about something. Usually they're like mealy-mouthed about it and it's like, well, no, if a fan's out of line, yeah. regardless of what we've said about Tommy Wright, like, I, like I, it's done a hell of a lot for St. Johnston and deserves more than the, the folk having a go, I'm okay when you're 6-0 down, you're annoyed, but you're, you know, in the context of everything. If they keep losing 6-0, fair enough, but they're not that bad. No, no, I mean, the league position isn't very good at the moment. Um, but they're on a bit of a bad three run. teams much worse than exactly, and they've probably four. they've been here before. They've been here many times before where they've had a poor start to the season and then finished top six. So I mean, uh, there's a long way to go in the season for St Johnson. Just before we move on, we should probably mention Xander Clark. Probably could have done better with one, Several. at least one, maybe two of the the goals. But at the same time, um, his saves kept the score down. It's the story of Xander Clark as a goalkeeper. Um, I'd say for every six goals he lets in one of them is probably going to be you're looking at it and saying could have done better there <laughs> but then at the same time week by week you, you see these phenomenal saves pulled off by Xander Clark and I think he's just that kind of goalkeeper you know he's he is going to make mistakes from time to time and you just accept that because that's the level of goalkeeper that, that he is I don't think you know it's 25 now yeah um, you know it's obviously for a goalkeeper still a long way to go yeah, yeah. but he's capable of the sensational he's made some unbelievable saves this year I think against Aberdeen are the ones that spring to mind the most but then he's always capable of maybe not chucking yeah. them in but certainly having questions over his a bit Chocolate you know, rested, it was all. A, a wee bit high, risk me the um or you know, you can see to it's near post and stuff like that. And it's just that's that's just what Xander Clark is is kind of like as a goalkeeper. Um, I, thought, I thought it was it looked like it pretty much across every game, it looked like every team had a right back in goals. Like the amount of goals it just went through. Well let's get on to one of those right now. Gary Woods didn't have the best <laughs> afternoon against Hibs. Now uh, Neil Lennon quite rightly pointed out that a result like that was coming for Hibs. They've been playing very well this season, they just been missing a lot of chances and they haven't quite scudded someone yet and uh, much like St Johnston were the guys that Celtic kind of finally clicked against Hamilton were the guys that Hibs finally clicked against let's 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 start with Hibs though um, a, I watched this game it was a really fantastic performance um, Milligan was brilliant again they haven't conceded a goal since he came into the team I think he started four matches and in the game before that he came on in the 3-2 versus Kilmarnock with about 20 minutes to go Hibs didn't concede and that time that he was on the pitch as well. So they haven't even conceded a goal with him on the pitch. Um, Malin was very good. Slivka was very good. They were in the Shetland roles. Heinemann was decent. Uh, Porteous was very good in defence. And Boyle, uh, who, I mean, he's, uh, I like how Boyle can be a right wing back, a right winger, or a centre forward and just be just as effective and menacing in every position. But yeah, overall, it was a, it was a very good performance from him. I think, um, <coughs> you know, Lennon's saying... Um, a performance or a result, sorry, like that was coming because of the performances. And I, you know, you cannot deny that. Hibs have been playing some absolutely fantastic football at times uh, this season. Poor Hamilton being the ones that came up against it. But I think, you know, we, we even saw it last season. These are the sorts of games that Hibs can slip up in and have done in the past. Teams like Hamilton come against East Hamilton last season. Yeah, the similar time in the season. Yeah, 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 very similar time in the season. And um, they, they did slip up then. I think that Lennon is just, he's got this Hibs team on a slow but steady trajectory upwards, consistently. And he has done since he went to Hibs, what, three and a half years ago, something like that. He's continuously had Hibs on an upward trajectory and it's just shown even more now. You know, people are saying, you know, that obviously myself and ourselves, Craig included, about how wonderful Hearts have been so far this season. Yeah, yeah. Those are two points behind. Yeah. You know, people are saying, oh, Hibs have started slowly, you know, that all be blah, blah, blah. But two points back. And they had, they had Europe to contend with. Uh-huh. It's definitely contributed to the and They went on a decent, fairly short run in Europe, but it was still, you know, they, they had a few ties. They had that to, and yeah, they were just, I think, you know, that's maybe where Lennon is at his happiest. Just slowly, you know, bubbling, bubbling away underneath uh, the top team or the top two teams and just waiting for the moment to strike. And Hibs just look like this, especially Easter Road, really quite irresistible force, mm-hmm. especially going forward, you know. You look at the loss of, I mean, obviously Jamie McLaren's been injured quite a lot so far this year, but they lost John McGinn, they lost Scott Allen, they lost Dylan McGeeck. 
doesn't matter. They're still creating just as many yeah, chances. Yeah, I mean, that's the point I was going to make. The impressive thing for me is not only did he lose um, his entire central midfield from last season, which is uh, one of the bedrocks of their success, or the bedrock of their success, um, they started this season, and the squad did look a little thin, um, given that they had lost those players. Um, Camberry was out injured. They still hadn't signed McLaren. But they've since the players he's added, uh, Heinemann, Milligan, uh, Camberry coming in... Uh, on a, on a permanent and then um, finally getting fit enough to play and McLaren I know McLaren's not really featured that much sorry but um, yeah it's just like it's such an upgrade on the likes uh, the likes of Shaw and Lewis Allen that were playing at the start of the yeah, season and yeah, uh, yeah I think um, Lennon's sign-ins have been incredible especially when you not only take out your talisman John McGinn but the two guys that were sitting alongside him in the centre of that midfield I mean not a lot of managers recover from that kind of thing we've seen what happened to like Paul Hartley when he lost Hemmings and Stewart and yeah. it's the difference between a good manager and a manager who moans like, like you always players that's life of it that's what happens when you're a manager and the difference is some managers just basically don't recover from it. they just think this is an easy excuse I don't need to bother I'm just going yeah. to and their attitude seeps through the players Lennon's a winner and his team reflects that first time I was I felt very old when I was looking that up earlier I was looking the last time Hibs, uh, Hibs won by six I'm on the league uh, February 2006 which uh, doesn't yeah that? Livingston 7 now doesn't seem that long ago was the number one album was Arctic Monkeys debut album um, <laughs> and that was 12 years ago yeah. now and fittingly, since this is a podcast for really contrived things, you could have driven a riot van through Hamilton's midfield. <laughs> very, um, very. I had to, I'd wrote that, written that down. I was like, <laughs> let's get that out, regardless of how pathetic it sounds. Hamilton said it as if it was like off the cuff. Golfing the, the one that kind of summed it up for Hamilton for me, didn't lead to go, I think it was at 5-0 or 4-0. Horgan went up against him, I'm sure it was him. Horgan went past him and the boy just stopped. It yeah. just literally stopped in Hodgkin. Yeah, by that point he was in central defence. He started the game in centre midfield. Um, what do you call him? Canning has switched to back four in recent weeks. He got a win at home Sunday. I can't remember who it was. Then they got beat by Dundee. He persisted it for this game, um, but he switched at half-time, put, dropped Shembe back from the midfield into the centre half. And by the end of the game, they, had, they were a back five. They had brought on Ziggy Gordon for McMahon and he was playing left back, not even left wing back. And they were, and McGowan had dropped back as well. And yeah, they were just, it was just damage limitation. And, uh, Kilgallen, who's been pretty decent for them since he came in, he was just getting more and more furious as the game went on. And yeah. some of that was directed at Woods, who, I mean, you know, he got his goal in the end. So he got his goal in the end. Not all that hard work. <laughs> you're right, you're right. But, um, the Woods goals, uh, sorry, the Hibs goals, I mean, how many of them do you think Woods could have saved? There's one from Canberry that he gets two hands to that he's really got to save. The Malin ones, I think you can maybe argue he's got to do better with... The second one. The second one, definitely, because the distance it's hit at, I know it bounces just in front of him, but it seems like he's kind of misjudged it. The first one, you can maybe give him a pass. The first Malin goal, anyway. You can maybe give him a pass because uh, it takes a deflection. Heyman's got no chance. And Boyles, he's got very little chance as well. Yeah, I think the Malin goals, um, he'll be looking at again. I think the second one, it's, it's a weird straight from Allen because it's got that dip and it's got that spin on it and it does take a wicked bounce in front of it but still you know you've got to be able to see that coming there was no one in his way I mean I, well that's that's also an issue for the defence and the midfield <laughs> back is I suppose there was no one there but yeah, that's the sure. one that Kilgallen seems the most furious about because you can see him kind of turn around and he he's just thinking oh well shoot for there if you like and yeah. he's just expecting his goalkeeper to save it and you can kind of see him throw him a dirty his goalkeeper a dirty look after it is that some of the worst preparation that you could ever have for a football match if you're looking at Stevie Mallon <laughs> yeah, no. and saying oh yeah just take a shot mate. he's like well, never scored from there before like of course, it's, pro- it's probably already broken the record for the most goals from outside the box in the season I think of his goal so far is about 40 but he's uh, I think for Woods I mean fair enough Like it was a very bad game for him but he's uh, won Hamilton a lot more points uh, uh, than he's cost him in well, that's years. why I bring yeah, it up yeah. because he is a decent goalkeeper. We're not just talking about Darren Jameson from last season <laughs> or, or, or other goalkeepers that we could pick. You know, what I mean, he's, that's part of the reason I'm making this point, or I raised it, is because he, he is generally a pretty good goalkeeper uh, yeah. in, in the Scottish Premiership. Right, definitely, yeah, one of the one of the better ones. Right, but well, we'll move on to the next game. Uh, Aberdeen beat Sunderland shit goalkeeper four one. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to do that for every single game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I mean 
Is Samson particularly like that? He certainly wasn't at fault for Aberdeen's four goals anyway. Yeah, he was at fault for one of them. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a match of firsts this game, for, for Aberdeen anyway. It was uh, the first senior goal for Conor McLennan. First senior start as well, was it? Was it his first senior start? Right. First start for Aberdeen, yeah. He played and scored yeah. for Brecon. But yeah, for Aberdeen, first senior goal for Aberdeen anyway. First career goal for Max Lowe. And uh, first goals for Aberdeen in 17 appearances for uh, Sam Cosgrove. Well, generally just um, for Sam Cosgrove, it was his first goal in 48 for, games. All right, uh, all, clubs, all clubs considered. First, right. first goal in 40, he's a striker. <laughs> 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 what is going on? I, I, like, I watched him a few times and I, I think he, he looks like he's got something about him and he doesn't look like the sort of striker who would go 48 games without scoring because he gets himself into okay positions. Yeah. Like, like the header he scored, like he gets himself into those positions but There's a lot a of the headers seem to kind of maybe you know, just go over the bar or just yeah. wide or get blocked or something. But yeah, he... He's one of those that you wonder, like you wonder if he's one that's going to kind of go on a big run. No, he probably right. won't. But uh, <laughs> Stockley with yeah. the elbows. I was, um, I was convinced he was going to score against Hearts last season. I can't remember what game it was in, but he got the assist. I think it might be a one 0 victory. But um, I was convinced he was going because we had just given given him a ribbon so much that I was expecting him to come back and haunt us. Um, but one of the things I want to ask about Aberdeen actually, uh, they've got loads of injuries at the moment, but. Forrester and Gleeson are still pretty much nowhere to be seen. How bad must be these players be if they're just never even considered? Pretty bad. So, yeah, because they've already got a ton of injuries. McKenna was out suspended. Uh, and then McGinn's missing Friday for this game. McKenna. <laughs> can, he, can he do that in a football pitch and expect to get away with it? I like how, I like how on sports scene they said that um, Swanson's was definitely a red card, which it was. And then... <laughs> But the week before, they were saying that McKenna's was probably a yellow. Yeah. It's just that, you know, a lack of consistency yeah. in punditry. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's obviously how the SFA are making these decisions. Oh, they're watching the likes of Mikey Stroop or listening to the likes of Patty Bonner. <laughs> and that's, that's how these decisions are getting made, apparently. Um, I, I mean, you look at it in, in real time. The McKenna tackle. I know it's been covered on the previous pod, but fuck me. Come on now. <laughs> like, yeah, it was a bad one. But, um, so you missed out. This was a this was a it was an excellent performance for Aberdeen though. I mean, submitted in a hump day, but it was a an excellent performance, especially given the amount of players that they're missing for this game. Yeah, I, definitely, and it's just again similar to Celtic. You know, Aberdeen maybe needed a, a big win, like a, a decent, solid, high-scoring win to to properly sort of kickstart themselves again. Is there anybody that didn't have a big win for fuck's sake? Oh yeah, come mm. on, it didn't do very well. Mm, was was a Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, that's that's quite all right. Um, but yeah, I, I think that not just the the scoreline but but like you say some of the performances in there um, will make Derek McInnes quite a happy man after that uh, Cosgrove as we've just discussed getting his first goals he's shown a lot of faith in him despite the fact that he before this game had not scored a single goal for Aberdeen he's kept that faith in him and that's you know you like to see that from a manager and you like to see that in a team as well because one thing you can say about Aberdeen is their consistency and the way that they've they've kept a team and built a team over the, the last few years obviously that's changed a wee bit in the last summer there um, but yeah I, I think you know scoreline great you, you would always expect an Aberdeen to win that game but the individual performances I think is what McGuinness will, uh, McGuinness? McGuinness, uh, will, will take out of that and, and be the happiest about I, I was amused by McLennan's goal because it was like a very very odd aesthetic to it it was kind of like a slight tackle yeah it was yeah. it was like it, it was it was trying to hit it but it was like he lost his balance a wee bit because I a think a very emphatic finish yeah it wasn't the um, it, it didn't look like I don't know the, the finish the technique didn't really match up to the finish yeah, yeah. But great uh, tackle you <laughs> looked like he had a great game yeah. overall though yeah. it's um, just a shame I think we probably need to start asking questions about these grass pitches and maybe ripping them up and putting some plastic two very two, bad injuries two on bad them. injuries shoulder injury it, it seems to be these uh, grass pitches are doing that to players so I still can't believe they've got grass pitches in the top flight I know honestly in the top flight of Scottish football and they're still playing on the backs they shouldn't be they shouldn't be people are watching this round the world I know that's it it's disgraceful Jordan disgraceful <laughs> <laughs> South Sudan. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but not then. Um, yeah, it was um, for Aberdeen something they needed as well. Although we said that a couple of weeks ago because they studied someone else with Dundee a few weeks back, and we were like, oh, maybe that's what they need, and, and then they kind of reverted to type straight away. But they're not that far back for the 
poor start that they've had to the season. I don't think. I think yeah, they, is it five points? They they're seventh and f- uh, maybe it's seven points of the top five, something like that. Between five and seven points off the top, and they're in seventh place. So yeah, they're, they're very much in it. There's there's a massive split in the league this year. Or, or it's hard to know where Livingston fall at the moment. They're, they're a very good team, but. Well, they look what happened to Hamilton um, a few seasons back. They, they, yeah, they won at uh, Celtic Park. They went top of the league briefly. Uh, they had a very good first half, or maybe maybe it was slightly less. But they nosedived after that and only just stayed up in the end. So, and, and it was Canning that kept them up as yeah. well with a couple of wins towards the end of the season. By the time uh, Neil had left, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if that does happen to Livingston at some point. But you're right; there does seem to be a bit of a split between the top seven and the bottom five at the moment. Yeah, there's kind of like the the the, the, the and bottom. And I think even within that five, they're off. I, 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 I want to say three bit more. <laughs> pretty shit, but there's three there's three particularly bad teams in this league. And St Mirren are one of them. Um, I, th- I think you know that's a couple of four goal at least um, away from home that they've conceded. Now they conceded well, the exact same scoreline in Tynecastle. That's having the Petardry now. I think you know it was clear from the outset the the Stubbs disaster etc. That St Mirren were going to be in for a tough old season. Um, Still no wins for Oren Kierney. No, no. But I think the main thing for them. Um, you know, for staying up, a key is they need to be strong at home. Their home, their home games, they need to be winning more than they're not. And and I mean, I don't know you can say that for anyone, but if you want to stay up in this league, Hamilton have done it over the past couple. Of, somehow the cockroaches, <laughs> as they were once uh, referred to. But I think yourself, it was me. Yeah. Um, and it's that sort of thing because they they had the stronger home form. You know, Celtic, Rangers, Hearts, Hibs. These teams were going there and and being a bit. You know, apprehensive. They're, they're being a wee bit scared, a wee bit cautious because it's that plastic pitch, it's all that kind of stuff. And they stayed up because they got these results at home. St Mirren need to do that as well. If they can sneak a few points away from home over the course of the season, all the better. Um, but yeah, they, you know, going to Aberdeen, that's always going to be a tough ask. I think they really need to focus on just getting a solid and consistent defence and just working from there, getting the home points on the board. And do, do we think there's any? Do you think there's any hope for them, Craig? Do you think there's I, uh, something in there I mean Simeon Jackson looks like he's got something about him the, the players have brought in it's like they have to gamble on that type of player I mean because they're kind of stuck with what they've got across the rest of the squad if you're going to wait until, until you're trying to get players that are out of contract you're only going to get the waves and strays and getting guys like Hamill Jackson Ferdinand well Hamill's out long term now apparently <laughs> well, yeah, after, after 35 minutes 35 minutes on the pitch at least yeah. I've got it's a, pretty unlucky it's really unlucky yeah, actually at least I've got a name these grass pitches honestly <laughs> but they, they they do have to think about um, I think January's going to be huge and it's what they're willing they obviously spent a lot of money January two years ago when Jack Ross was there to, to keep them in the second tier will they will they invest like that this year or will they just see it as Kind of fingers crossed that Hamilton and Aldundi are worse than us, and that might be what all of, all three all three clubs might kind of walk themselves into that death spiral and just hope for the best. But Simeon Jackson, like I say, I thought he looks like he's got something about him. He carved out a decent chance for himself on his debut. Uh, didn't manage to quite apply the finish. This game again, he kind of worked an angle, but the finish wasn't really. I think it was one of the first highlights they showed. Yeah, on the highlights. I mean, I remember him, and he took his goal very well. He, he dinked it over the goalkeeper. I think I'm correct in saying it was under Alex Neil even, but he played at Norwich at some point. I mean, it could even have been under Lambert um, a while back, and he was a really dangerous striker in the English Championship at that point when he was he was scoring a lot of goals. He definitely helped Norwich to promotion one year, um, but I couldn't couldn't quite tell you which time it was. I think yeah, it might have been under Lambert actually, but he's definitely got pedigree in that sense mm-hmm. but his age is kind of catching up with him as well so it's very much a gamble but you just maybe need someone to score a few goals and hopefully the best but as Rob pointed out um, even if they do but if he was to get a few goals they need to sort out that defence before they can think about kind of yeah. moving, moving any higher up the league and another team at the weekend whose defence was absolutely terrible was Hearts who went to Ibrox the wheels Truly came off the the, the title challenge. Um, and they could still. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see how they react after this defeat. But the defending was just absolutely horrendous. I mean, not to take anything away from Rangers, they were obviously very good on the day. But that first goal is horrendous. 
I mean, how do you even like, describe that? I, I don't, I don't really understand what they're doing. Hearts have played, Hearts have tried that um, and successfully done it um, a good few times this season. Just um, Uche hasn't really been in the team, has he? When they've been doing it, they showed one time from Livingston, the Livingston game when he wasn't playing, and I just wonder whether he was just kind of back in the team, not quite yeah. up to speed. Or I don't the, know. the second minute of the match as well. Um, but yeah. even then, you know, Rangers actually um, played the trap. They must have heard a shout or something because a lot of their players come out at the same time, which is why Morelos is. I mean, well, you can see Golden kind of like is still edging back and edging back, and he's almost yeah. his body language is almost saying, "I'm not involved. I'm not involved." Yeah, regardless of uh, of, of Uche, uh, Morelos is getting played on side by Dunn and Suter as well. Right, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, Morelos was on side regardless of if Uche was there or not. It was just a very badly. Like embarrassingly uh, badly it's executed. A, it's a risk reward. Sloppy. The risk reward for me, it's like <clears throat> if that is successful, what happens? You win a goal kicker, your keeper gets the ball, or you win a free kick. If it goes wrong, you lose a goal. And it's like, is it really worth it? Hearts are massive. Hearts are an enormous team. Why do they not just back themselves to win the headers? Well, our last three goals have been all been from set pieces, and maybe beyond. I don't. Know, that's just off the top of my head. But the last like, three goals. Why? Yeah, Uche's there. Uche could win headers against like three brown walls stacked on top of themselves. Yeah. Like, why? Why are you needing to do that? That that you know, I could see if it was the other way around and Rangers were doing that against Hearts, you could almost be like, well, Rangers don't are not the biggest team necessarily, and you don't, you know, and you're trying to get something out of it. But when you're so big, just just win the headers. It was a weird call to do it that early in the game and try that out, but you know that's got to be. That'll be on the pitch that John Suter yeah. or whoever has made that decision and made that call to, to come out, and that's you know it's cost them so early in the game. I mean, it's, I, basically, I've I've cut right down on smoking right in the last week. Okay, I'm getting really bad cravings, and it just so it sort of gets me quite anxious. I was watching the game yesterday. Hearts were absolutely fucking rubbish, <laughs> and the day before, Hibs, Celtic, and Aberdeen turned into fucking Harlem Globetrotters. So it was like, right, great, but. Anyway, that's by the by. I was very angry <laughs> watching this game. You're definitely not thinking about cigarettes right definitely now. Definitely not thinking about cigarettes right now. <laughs> Absolutely not. But um, it's just seeing how how it continued to transpire. You know, throughout that game, just got even more on edge. You know, Demi Mitchell for the second goal, trying to dribble it out. Of his yeah, own that's a really bad one as well. I like that he's a young guy and he backs his own ability. Great, but see if you're going to do that, you have to do it. You it's have a bit to do harsh on Ben Garuccio, isn't it? I mean, I think well. that Mitchell is. Clearly, a better footballer overall. Garuccio hadn't really done that badly. I think he'd had a bad second half. Was that against St Mirren? He'd had a poor second half. But other than that, he'd had a pretty good start to the season. Yeah. And he's obviously more of a defensive minded. He still likes to get forward, but he's a more defensively sound left back. So it was, I don't know, it's a bit harsh that he's kind of been out of the team. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was really bad for think, um, to, for Mitchell to get caught in in the area that he did. Before that, though, um, if Rangers end up winning the league or getting closer to doing well this season, like, a lot of that's going to be down to Alan McGregor. Like I thought you were going to say Hearts. No, Hearts was yeah, <laughs> It's such a big. I mean, okay, he makes an absolute goal, um, but you can forgive those mistakes at three 0 up. So yeah, he made the but crucial two, ones at the huge. crucial times. So yeah, after one 0 Hearts had very two very good chances. He's, yeah, he's uh, the. There's not a man you would rather trust in that. And I, I realise I say this yeah. ahead of a massive game for Scotland on Thursday night that he's going to start in. But consistently, McGregor pulls out the big saves when you need them. Um, and it it makes so much of a difference. Fodderingham, fine. I've said this on the podcast. Yeah. Fodderingham's fine. But McGregor is just a step above. And he's a, he's a guy that is a goalkeeper that wins you trophies. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, back to front and, and the way they play their Rangers at Ibrox are a terrifying prospect just now. They are so confident. The fans are fully bought into Steven Gerrard uh, and, and the way that he's playing football. Um, the way that they did not buy into that with Warburton and Kashinya and Marty and whoever. So the fans are properly behind them. You've got Al McGregor in goals. You've got Goldson and Warrell look really strong at centre-half. You've got decent fullbacks. John Flanagan, maybe a Flanagan was very guy, good, by the way. He's a good footballer. Uh, James Tavernier at right back. And then you just look through them, you know, position by position. And Rangers are strong yeah. this year. I think, you know, potentially at their weakest in the centre of the park, but they've got Ryan Jack coming back now as well, which will shore that up. Um, and yeah, it, it's just, they are looking very, very good at home. 
Yeah, away yeah. from home they're a different we'll still have one away from home but in this match there were a lot of good performances as you mentioned McGregor um, Tavernier Flanagan were both very good um, Koulibaly was very good and again Morelos had a, had a good game but the best player on the pitch by far was uh, Ryan Kent he was unbelievable he was so so good the highlights didn't show the half of um, half of the good things that he did on the afternoon technical BBC <laughs> Rangers bias um, anti-Rangers surely if they're not showing that much yeah that's um, what I meant sorry yeah, um, yeah Kent, Kent was Kent was superb I mean Michael Smith uh, right back obviously ended up getting sent off um, for a tackle not on Kent in the end it was Flanagan that he took out of the game um, but you know, was he, the first, who was the first booker was the first booker on Kent though um, he levelled someone on the yeah, sideline I'm not sure if it yeah. was Kent um, but he'd, yeah, it was stupid Michael Smith defensively has been really sort of underrated I think this year for Hearts he's been absolutely superb all year and then Saturday he came up against a different animal in Ryan Kent and he just could not get to grips with his movement he didn't know if he was coming or going if he was going inside if he was taking him down the line you know Kent just had one of those games where you watch a winger and you just sit back and you're like you know all I can do is applaud this because he was on it from zero to, to 90 you know he was on it for the entire game and with wingers you don't often get that but he offered that consistency throughout the 90 that just dragged Rangers so far up the pitch so often created chances got a goal himself and, uh, yeah. I'd say there was a lot of problems from perhaps came down that side even when the ball's on the other side of the park like you saw for the third goal and there was yeah. a chance just before it as well Tavernier had a cross from the fullback position in both cases and there was Rangers players ghosting in at the back post absolutely unmarked presumably Smith, Smith, Smith's man but it all kind of stemmed. He just, he just had one of those days for a guy who I agree has been very good. He's been very good since he came into Hartford. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's uh, never been poor. He's yeah. never been poor. He's, uh, yeah, but he's kind of stepped up a level this season. But, yeah. Yeah, they, they, it was just a bad day at the office for Hearts. Now, the good thing for Hearts, if their mentality is right, is they're still top of the league. Yeah. And that's a good thing. I think I talked about it before. It's a good thing about building up that league where you're more than three points clear. And they still and didn't play that badly either. I mean, that's defensively, it. yes, they were shocking but they were a whisker away from getting back into the game almost instantly and there was some decent play uh, aside from that as well didn't create too much after those two early opportunities but even with 10 men they scored a goal Jim had a very good chance where he maybe should have passed it towards the end as well so I think there were still a few positives that Levine can take from that performance 100% I, I think you know it was it was a a horrible mixture in Hart's point of view of bad defending and coming up against an incredibly confident Rangers team. You saw that with Morelos' finish. How confident he is, how confident he's been he excellent this season he's as well. He's been absolutely superb this season. But there's so much, I say so much, I maybe wouldn't go that far. There's a, a decent amount of positives that Levine can take. So the, the way that Uche came back into the team uh, and, and he still looked strong, you know, he was getting past players. He set up Naismith's chance and then he made the second chance himself. He yeah. was instrumental to what Hearts were doing going forward. Ah, he was still the old, I say the old Uche, as if it was fucking last season or like a couple of seasons ago. But he was still the same Uche. Uh, it was like he hadn't been out for a couple of games. He was still kind of yeah. holding off defenders and nobody way, getting near him, that kind way, of thing. The yeah. way he got past Joe Worrell to create his own chance, uh, uh, there's the slow-mo scene, the, the close-up of Worrell's face, and he just doesn't know what to do. And he's yeah. like, He's just got the biggest I, shoulders like, of anybody uh, in the league. He's, he's, he's stronger, like Levine said that himself, he's stronger than everyone. So it's a bit of a weird situation for him. You know, he will he will give away free kicks just because he's stronger. And we've seen that, I mean, in every game this year, there's been at least one bit of hashtag ooch power where they just <laughs> dominate someone and goes past them. But other than that, you know, Peter Haring in the midfield had a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde performance. Uh, some aspects of his game were excellent. He was, he's so good at winning the ball back. His passing maybe let him down a bit. Ollie Lee was very much the same, going through the motions for some of the game, but then again, finding some great passes. Mitchell had some decent moments other than the goal. And I think that, you know, Jimmy Dunn, he, he looks like a giraffe on ice skates. A lot of the time, you know, it looks like, right, we can get him. But then he, he somehow comes away with the ball. You know, he's really assured with the ball at his feet. He doesn't look like he should be. He's got big spaghetti legs. but um, And he was good in there. I think Jimmy Dunn, out of everyone in that defence, sort of, he was he was the most solid of the lot. Um, 
there are positives to take and building up a five point lead um, over your rivals before that game allows you a free hit at Rangers at Ibrox and they went for it and it didn't work at all such so. a huge month month now because it's at Aberdeen and Hibs <coughs> next in the league Celtic right? twice and then Celtic in the cup and then Celtic again yeah yeah it was that before Rangers yeah, it was those five nice. games should we finish off just before, uh, this match we're just talking about Morelos I've been really impressed where I mean he's he's scoring pretty much I haven't looked at it but at this point last season he was still yeah, scoring was just yeah. as much yeah. uh, but he seems to have added a lot more to his game outside the box he seems to pull to the right a lot I don't know if that's something that's just naturally come or whether that's something that's been coached into him but he saw it most prominently in the game against St Johnston when I think he was involved with four of the five goals or something like that and he was just consistently pulling to the right and he had one of these ones where he was just an uh, a beautiful kind of flick and then spun round the uh, it was probably Tanzer actually who's had a bit of a rough couple of weeks but uh, yeah I've just been really impressed with him this season so, since the start of last season he's scored more goals than anyone else in Scotland um, he's got, I think he's and got he still like, gets criticism from some people yeah he's, he's like since the start of last season he's scored 12 more than Lee Griffiths uh, and that's including spending a bit of time at the team as well I know that Griffiths has as well but you know how do you rate your strikers it's by how many goals they score yeah. well, it's, it's that simple for that reason Right now, Morelos is the hottest property in Scottish football. He's scoring for fun again. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's really finding a rhythm. That, I mean, I don't know if he ever lost it. He needs to score against Celtic. That's uh, bigger games, like, but he has already yeah, in, in Europe. European games. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, no, so he's, he's, a goal against Celtic would kind of silence all the critics. I think, I think for me, like, I spoke earlier in the season. I, th- I think it was earlier this season. It could even be last season. It all blends into one. But there was a game where he kept shooting all the time from everywhere. And it was when he was in need of a goal. And he was kind of playing to the, he was playing for himself and to the detriment of the team at that point. But then he saw from that first goal. Um, he could easily just turned and try to lash it past the keeper but he had the presence of mind to just lay it off to Kent that's the kind of thing that one said one advantage of your striker being in good form and confidence is it's not just about the goals they score it's the fact that they are actually willing to not score sometimes because they're, they're not worried about their place they're not worried that if I don't score here Kyle Lafferty might get picked from the next game and that helps him as well. So it's, but it's a sign of good management as well. Yeah. Good man management because Morelos, you can tell, is a he's a fiery character, and I think that a lot of the time he might get frustrated with himself. Um, and and you see that you know when he's when he's going through a, a, a drought, so to speak, he does shoot from anywhere, and he, he you know he hits snapshots when he his decision making's yeah. all over the place. And his temperament goes, his head goes sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. But now he's he's playing with just so much confidence that's instilled with him. You know, with Stephen Gerrard saying from the start of the season, this is our guy. We're going to give him a new deal. We are backing him to be our main striker. And since then, Morelos' uh, performances. I mean, I know he got sent off in Europe the game after that, um, but you could say that was a wee bit harsh. But since then, he's just been superb. He's, he's you know, he's. It'll be four. <laughs> <laughs> Another striker that's bang on form at the moment is Eamon Brophy, Terrace Podcast favourite. Ah, Eamon Brophy, who's, uh, who's penalty sealed another one for Kilmarnock. That's four goals in five games for uh, Eamon Brophy. Now, McCann was a little bit pissed off after this game. I mean, it would be more newsworthy if Neil McCann wasn't pissed off after <laughs> the game. But he was annoyed at this blatant dive. Shall we discuss yeah, that well, first? I can't read my mind. So first of all, it's a million percent not a penalty. Yeah, of um, course. And and it's very Kelly. It's just been such a weird season for Kelly. Like every game seems to be getting decided by this bad decisions. Um, and Steve the, Clark's had, uh, said that it has worked both yeah, ways for his team this we, season. We went three yeah. weeks in a row. We lost to we lost to Hearts with a controversial red card. We beat Aberdeen with a controversial red card, and we lost to Hibs where we were controversially denied. A penalty, mm-hmm. and then a similar a couple, one was given uh, another end. And we had a couple of weeks of quiet, no, no problems, uh, and then it's back to yeah, a, a penalty, which was was definitely not a penalty. Jones, Jones, for me, this is something Jones does. Like. I mean, so Jones is definitely a dive for that. That's the kind yeah. of that's it, and his, and his character. He does that a lot where he runs at people, and he's kind of looking for a bit of contact, as most wingers do, and he's you know hanging bits out and trying to get caught. But in that case, it's like. No contact comes. He kind of is by that point already halfway down. Kind of pulls out of the dive. He's kind of sitting his head in his hands like, "Oh fuck this!" And yeah. then he turns around and the ref's giving a penalty. And it's his his reaction says an awful lot because you're absolutely right. He puts his head in the turf and puts his the hand, his hands on the back of his head and he's like, "Ah, oh, that was yeah. stupid." 
And then, aye, the referee is just like, ah, yeah, definitely, that's... It's like refereeing, like, yes, you can, you have to be decisive and make decisions quickly, but, like, read the body language, read what's going on around about you, there wasn't a, there wasn't a, a Caleb player appealing for a penalty. No. And it's like, it's not to say make your decisions based on players appealing and stuff, but if, if nobody's looking for a penalty, maybe don't give it. When I first saw it, I thought, um, and his reaction, I thought, oh, well, he's just tripped and he's fallen and then the ref's given a penalty but the more I watched it the more I thought he doesn't even look like he trips he looks like he throws himself down he like does. it doesn't because there's no it's not like he's tripped over the ball or he's caught his foot in the turf he's just gone to ground expecting like you say kind of expecting a bit of contact but his reaction was was fooling me because I was thinking he looks like he's disappointed that he's let that he's fallen over and let the ball get away from him because it was a good chance, but I think he just did a very good job of kind of masking that he died because he didn't instantly look round for a penalty. He didn't claim it. You know what I mean? He just kind of he didn't he didn't do like a swan dive or anything like that. So yeah, I think I, I, think, I mean I, I had to watch it a few times, but I was initially fooled by it as I well. I think one person would be really happy with all the reaction that this is all getting though in terms of that and the talking point in the game will be Steve Clark because Kelly, no one's talking about where Kelly are in the league, no one's paying any attention to Kelly, only three points off the top now and it's all been quite quiet everyone's talking about how Rangers are resurgent Celtic having poor form, Hearts doing well, we, we, were, we were at a party at the weekend yes. Craig and you were saying to me how you were slightly disappointed you, well you didn't say you were disappointed but you said that Kamarnock could easily be top yeah, yeah. a couple of things had gone a couple yeah, of different no, ways it's, not, it's, it's not been fine margins fine basically margins yeah. a couple of games well every game we we weren't good we had the post um, the Hearts game was obviously decided by a bad decision the other games in the other directions were decided by bad decisions as well but very easily Kelly could be yeah. sitting there having a very similar set of circumstances game. yeah um, we could have had Kelly and then I reckon Hearts would have won that Kelly game or Hibs yeah. or yeah I don't know uh, I think that was a no-no nailed on <laughs> personally yeah. but uh, but just the um, uh, yeah, it's more about that fact. But I don't think Clark will mind Kelly going under the radar a little bit. And I don't mean under the radar. Of course, people know know that we're doing well. But um, yeah, it was it. it There's such such a resilient team because it's week after week going behind. I think it, I think they start in sports, and I was planning to look it up, and I was watching the highlights, and then it came up on the screen very helpfully for me. And I didn't double check it. Was it's the sixth time this season that Kelly have come back and equalised in a game. Um, so I had Motherwell last week Celtic the week before so three weeks in a row yeah. come from behind to win um, before that the Hibs game were 2-0 down and came back to two each they did eventually lose it um, and then at the a couple of League Cup games certainly um, Dumbarton we came from behind to win mm-hmm. um, so it's just the sign of that, that team they just don't know when they'll be um, and it's kind of time and time again the quality of the performance that I I was trying I was planning to go to the game on Saturday and turned up for my train and the train was cancelled so I didn't get there but um, it sounded like it wasn't kind of vintage the, the week before uh, against Mallory Kelly were excellent but it sounded a bit more of a kind of a slog on Saturday although it did sound like um, Dundee after about. 15 minutes after they scored and then they had a wee chance after it did absolutely nothing yeah that's what I was going to say we should talk about Dundee now uh, kind of we've gone over a wee bit but we'll be fine um, Dundee it looked like it was just back to what we've seen from Dundee for most of the season as they started the game well and then they fell away they barely created a thing after after it's going ahead throwing McCann at the cheeks and the referee are kind of implying that the referee's costing his job it's like you've been in the job 18 months now and you've won about 5 games in the entire time like Take a bit of responsibility. Yeah. Your team are shit. I cannot add to that. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it is, you know, I know um, Fowler after the first game of the season um, when they lost at St Mirren, um, he was sort of saying, you know, I'm, I'm expecting decent things from Dundee this a year. Straight, you know, a striker, striker away from the top yeah, six. Striker that's, away what, from, that's what I heard. Yeah, striker away from the top six. Um <laughs> Straight away from Europe in a Scottish Cup. (laughs) (laughs) A Scottish Cup, indeed. Jesus, now you're now you're high. Um, Ah, yeah, it's it's a shit. I mean, Neil McCann. Obviously, there was that sort of weird um, chat that he was going to get given until the next um, international break, which is now um, to the side. And he's won one game. He's won one game in that space of time. So, is one game enough for him? I mean. It can be good that he's centre forward has won about as many games as he has this season as a manager. That can't be a kind of good sign of um, yeah. 
be interested to see how long yeah. that lasts for. <laughs> No, well, I, I mean, Kenny Miller's just sort of like waiting there with the knife in hand, <laughs> uh, eyeing up Neil McCann's shoulder blades. Um, yeah, it's it, it's not good enough from Dundee, but it's consistently not been good enough from them. You know, it, it's all fine and well starting games well and, and, and scoring early goals and, and doing well in that way. If you can't, if you don't have the stamina, which I think one of the main things is, I know Paul McGowan was was bringing that up that you know heads go down, bodies get tired, and then they stop trying essentially. So, you know, it's all fine and well, starting games well, but if, if you can't even finish out a half strongly, through. then yeah. there, there's no point. And, and that's down to the manager, that's down to the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. That's down to them, him not having the tactics to sustain a game plan. Um, as much as it is about the players, you know, maybe they are, I mean, quite clearly they're um, phoning it in quite often, which is much the annoyance of some of the other more, I want to say more honest, we're talking about Paul McGowan, some of the more... Uh, hard-working pros that they have in their team and it's, it's a weird mixture, mixture of those two um, but it's not looking good for them They were still a bit unlucky in the game though given that the penalty wasn't a penalty and the first goal was uh, very heavily there wasn't even a shot it looked like it was a ball across the box You make your own luck you don't shoot you don't <laughs> score Craig. If you don't get um, a single chance I was, I was saying like, I looked in the I was kind of following the game on, on Twitter because I wasn't there and I looked on the Dundee Twitter feed after half time and it was literally like Greg Stewart has a shot, Stewart's shot blocked, Stewart's tackled as he, as he bursts into the box, Brophy does this and, and there was literally just a... It also said Stewart uh, went down in the box for a penalty so we should maybe question the guy that's doing that, that's putting no, those tweets out. I'm talking about Dundee one, not the, the, oh, right, okay. the, the notoriously terrible Kilmarnock one. <laughs> uh, that, that's uh, that's a, a joke, I don't mean that. <laughs> just, just for the other listeners, like uh, uh, the person whom it's directed, that knows who it is. But uh, thanks, thanks for clarifying that, yeah, yeah, Anderson. Uh, <laughs> someone else with a terrible Twitter account is Motherwell. Who <laughs> drew- <laughs> 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 okay. Sorry, I couldn't I'm not, resist. I'm, I'm, resist. I'm not a Motherwell fan, but I have to disagree with you. Who drew one all with the Livingston? This is the first goal that Livingston have conceded in four league matches, uh, and. Yeah, but they managed to get themselves back into it and they, they probably could have won it in the end, Livingston. I mean, they had that goal that was chopped off that probably shouldn't have been chopped off and they were very unlucky right at the end when uh, Ricky Lamy, the same player who had the goal chopped off, yeah. could have scored right at the death as well. I mean, the first thing that I will say is Jacob's free kick looks absolutely fantastic in Motherwell's story of the match. I um, don't know if you've seen this. Great bit of I'm not a Motherwell fan in the slightest, just to clarify. But our social content really does deserve uh, applause. Um, but the, I mean, the free kick's absolutely incredible. Is that Jacob's <laughs> cracker. I <laughs> like the crackers. Um, but what can you say about Motherwell? I mean, I, I really like Stephen Robinson, and I, I know he was on um, the the fantastic SBFL matters. I don't know if you've seen this—a a nifty little show on Sky Sports with Chris Boyd and Chris. I haven't Collins. seen that uh, that episode. I didn't see with Stephen Robinson that. <laughs> but you know Robinson always comes across well and he seems like an honest guy and he, he, that's reflected in the way that his players work and, and the way that his players play you know he's he's very passionate about his football his players are very passionate about their football but this season there's just a disconnect um, some of the players aren't showing up as they were last year um, I mean yeah they, they went ahead in this game um, I, I, no one was expecting that I don't think Ryan Bowman scoring fairly early on um, but yeah I mean the back the back three with Carl McEwen there is just a, a consistent mistake that they're making, uh, that Robinson's making with his team selection. Uh, teams and it's, are stretching them now. They, they yeah. got away with it last year because they just they were just better all, all across the park. But this year, teams are pulling them apart. It, it happened teams last week. Don, Donnelly on the left-hand side of that is, is just getting exposed too much. It doesn't seem like it's a system for him. I think he... He sounds like he, he could be a good player, maybe in like a back four or something like that, but he's just been completely hung out to dry by yeah. it. So, yeah. um, and I know Graham was particularly annoyed in terms of the defence that, that, yeah, again, Peter Hartley gives away a cheap free kick and, and Muller will concede, and that's been a, a story of the season. They so just far. haven't had a, a settled centre midfield either. That was, they were pretty strong in midfield last season, and they've tried lots of different players and lots of different combinations this season so far. Rose, Campbell, Cadden's played in there, McHugh's played in there. They've uh, bigger manner. They've they've tried a fair few players in the centre of the park, and none of them have stuck yet. He hasn't quite found the right uh, combination, and it seems like the left side, his left wing back, he just can't seem to find somebody to do a better job than Richard Tate. And you're kind of 
Tate's fine out there, but you're taking a little bit away from his game when he's not playing on the right. Uh, and they've tried, even last season, they brought in Hendry and it didn't work mm-hmm. out. Uh, Freer, since he came back from his injury, has not been the same player as before that. Uh, Taylor Sinclair has come in for a couple of games and then been straight back out of the team afterwards. So, yeah. Uh, Bowman's an interesting one, though, when you mentioned Bowman. Um, he's looked pretty good since he came back in and from the few substitute appearances he made before that. And he probably should have been in the team. Um, uh, starting games before before he before he did, so they've still got Connor Sam to come back in. <laughs> but they can see if we get somebody to do well alongside them. Johnson hasn't quite lived up to his early season uh, promise, yeah. promise that he showed. Main's not been the same player as when they first signed him, and uh, yeah, as you say, Salmon. I mean, all the fans are already on Salmon's back. They're already not a fan of of Salmon. I, I am. I think I am not surprised in the slightest. I'm the only set of fans that. Scotland that like him or the Kelly fans like he's still got a massive round of applause when he came on against us last week because like, it was good there 10 years ago yeah, um, it, was good, it was good there when he came back well like, that's true yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah I, I mean you look at the issue with Carl McHugh um, someone who Robinson is sticking with despite the fact the um, performances aren't backing up well, the decision uh, <laughs> well he can't now obviously that was a definite red card the first one by the way I mean I'm yeah. not one to look at the damage done to the player and say, oh, that definitely makes it a red card. But holy shit, he like he burst his head if open with his elbow. With his elbow. Of anyone like Carol McHugh would know what getting your head burst open. It feels looked like, like Gallagher was getting <laughs> stitches uh, yeah. done yeah. Uh, on the pitch. Uh, and yeah, what couldn't have happened to a nicer guy either? Was that Declan Gallagher? Yeah. Ah, he knows what stitches look like, probably. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know if he's ever had them on himself, though. It's just inflicted them. That's true. Well, allegedly. Allegedly, I mean, is that allegedly? No, he went to jail, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah I think he was done for that. Anyway, <laughs> hurrying on. Um, yeah, um, Carl McHugh um, could have been easily sent off for the first one. Um, he's just sometimes players get that glint in their eye, and you just know there are red cards waiting to happen. And Carl McHugh was exactly that. Um, he's definitely got it in him. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But you know, as I was saying about McHugh being the guy, the the constant mistake that Robinson's making the team selection. Curtis Main at the other end is a similar, you know, it's maybe not costing you goals, so you're not noticing it as much, but he's sticking with Curtis Main, despite the fact that performances aren't really there, saying, you know, I should stay in this team. He's, he's an important part of the attack, because, you know, he's, he does all the running, he's strong, he's quite fast, he's scored goals last season, so, you know, stick with him and maybe it'll come. But if you've got guys like Bowman, try him out with Johnson. You know, see how that goes. You've, you've, not, tried, you've not tried Bowman and Salmon yet. Try that. You know, you don't have to stick with the same main striker just because he's your number nine. He's not performing, and he's he's not he's not offering the team what he was last year. So yeah, it's a few things to sort out for Motherwell. But Robinson's very very loyal to his team, and he oh, you know, like got into two cup finals last year. So what do I know? Yeah. Let's finish off with talking about Livingston. Um, they were. They were very good again. Um, they, good the game started getting a bit feisty in the second half and it was interesting because Motherwell fans were getting really tetchy. Motherwell players looked like they were kind of losing their egg a little bit and the Livingston players looked like they were loving it. They looked like they were absolutely thriving on it. Um, I mean, they've got a lot of bastards in their team. so <laughs> it's, it's not often that you will hear Livingston compared to Diego Simeone's Atletico Madrid, but in the same way that they just love defending and they, they just embrace defending, Gary Holt has got that happening at Livingston as well. You know, he's got the boys at the back with Lithgow, Gallagher and um, was that, was that uh, one with the penalty appeal where um, it wasn't a penalty, I think it was, it was Gallagher. His arm was by his side, what, yeah. the, That passage of play, there must have been about six separate blocks from Livingston players in that and that's what they're doing every week and it's not just as if well, even the goal he scored was a block that took it over the goalkeeper <laughs> <laughs> the goal he conceded sorry was a block that like took it over put, the goalkeeper putting their bodies on the line and that's that's what that team's about and then when it gets into the midfield and you've got um, pretty much all those guys in there it's basically six in the midfield they are um, they can all play a bit and they, they're all also willing to put attack on and I watched them I was at the um, I watched them twice now I was at the um Partick Thistle game, the the one the second leg when they, they stayed up and for the last half hour of that game they took off both their strikers and were basically playing a five five zero and they they were loving it. You know, they, yeah. they were literally every time they got the ball just punting it away down the park and saying come, come at us against Kelly. They weren't quite like that, but it wasn't far off it. 
and teams are, teams just can't break them down because they're, they're too good. It's a big amber wall. Um, yeah. So I'm going to try and get that nickname to stick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should probably mention Keegan Jacobs before we uh, before we finish. What a free kick! Uh, he was absolutely He's excellent. A Jacobs cracker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, the cracker. Are you trying to name the show? <laughs> um, yeah, but his performance overall, it was just fantastic again. And it seems like the, cent- the centre midfield at Livingston at the moment seems to be taking turns to be the best player on the park. So better not be about to steal my stat. I was going to say scored the all four divisions, which I didn't, I, I didn't actually know, but someone, uh, someone DM'd me to ask me about it. There was um, an article on there, the Herald about it. Yeah, I had it in my notes as well. Um, so I mean, that's quite, I'm not too many players have, have done that. The ones, I, yeah. the ones I could get off the top of my head, Lee Wallace, Skelton, but he have done uh, it. Oh, he could have. I didn't look at him. Uh, Lee Wallace did it. Kenny Duker did it for Gretna, and then Barry Wilson and Ross Tokley for Inverness were the only ones I could find. Um, Right. They, they've done it but so it's, it's quite a rare feat because not many teams play in all four divisions all four divisions yeah. or keep the same yeah. keep some players that uh, persist all the way I suppose it's interesting one to look at would be players who've been shipped out on loan quite a lot yeah. so you've got to also, that, that, I've been with the same club right yeah various players have done it aye yeah Right, well, we'll finish there. Um, I won't bother running through things because we've already gone over it. I'm just going to apologise to Fowler and just say bye and come and join us on Patreon where we're going to talk about hat-tricks. 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 Just going to talk about hat-tricks. Uh, we kind of owed to Stephen Dobie. There's three of us here. It seems fitting. That's a hat-trick. <laughs> say bye. Give us a hat-trick and goodbyes. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.